0: Hi, I'm Cloris Kiley and we're talking about how to connect with influencers to build authority and grow your business. And you're listening to the Brand Journalism Advantage podcast.
1: Episode 426.
0: The most important piece to consider is the audience, right? Is this a perfect match for the audience I intend to reach? The brand
1: journalism advantage the podcast that teaches the power of storytelling to increase business by attracting engaging and influencing consumers now it's time to think like a journalist with your host brand journalist phoebe changchua Hello, Brand Journalism community, I'm Phoebe Chong-Chua. Thanks for tuning in to the Brand Journalism Advantage podcast. Here we go with the inside scoop on today's show, Chloris Kylie. I'm so thrilled to have Cloris. Cloris is a marketing MBA and influencer marketing specialist. And she shows you how to create a strong marketing foundation and tap into connections with influencers to grow a magnificent business that thrives over the long term. She has a new book out. She's the author of Beyond Influencer Marketing. And Cloris has grown a large network of influencers who have played an essential role in the growth of her coaching and consulting business. And she teaches you how to do that uh, through her book and also on... The podcast Beyond Influencer Marketing and Magnificent Time for Entrepreneurs.
0: Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Phoebe, so excited to be talking to you, and and this is my second time on the show, and I cannot believe how much we've gotten to know each other and and gotten to uh, to become friends, you know. And that's what I teach basically is, is that long term connection with other uh, people of influence who have an audience ready for you.
1: Well, this is what's so cool Brand Journalism Community, because if you're following along, we have upwards of 420-some shows, and Chloris uh, goes back to episode 324, where she talked about joint venture partnerships to build authority and grow your business. I'm going to drop that in the show notes at thinklikeajournalist.com under Cloris's page, but... If you want to hear you know how she got started and all those details what we normally cover on the podcast you 're going to want to listen to that episode and again that 's three hundred twenty four this one we 're going to talk all about what she just said, which is connecting with influencers to build authority and grow your business. And that's, you know, it's so true, because I'm in your book. And I'm so thankful that I'm part of such a fantastic book. It really is an awesome book. And you can get it. Let's tell everyone where you can get it right now. So they can, they can go to that and and download it or pick it up in a bookstore. Where can we find it?
0: Oh, thank you, Phoebe. It's available everywhere books are sold on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and uh, libraries as well. And I do have a complete bonus package that I created for people with copy and paste templates so they can get started right away. And that's at beyondinfluencermarketing.com.
1: Mm, so good. All right, brand journalism community, we're going to get into how Cloris has really changed her life by doing influencer marketing and what works and, do- and doesn't work. Because, um, you know, a lot of times people try this kind of thing, Cloris, and they go, it's not for me, it doesn't work. And what do you usually find when they have that kind of attitude about it? What, what's really going on? Why would it not work?
0: Well, what happens, uh, as, as there are two kinds of people. Uh, some people never try just because they are intimidated, intimidated by the thought of connecting with influencers. They think it's too early in their business to do that. Go, oh, I need to have a business of X size or, uh, so much revenue or, you know, it's, I don't know, I'm scared. What if I get rejected? And then other people try to do it, but they do it the wrong way. So they give up, they reach out once and then they don't follow up, or they reach out to the wrong influencers. So because their efforts don't pan out, they quit. Uh, so then you know, both sides, of course, lead to um, the satisfaction and, and the belief that connecting with influencers is not possible. But the truth is, is that if you do things right, and most importantly, if you take action, that is not only possible, but it can really transform your life and your business.
1: So what I love about the book, um, I've got it in my hands right now, and it it really has such great information in it, Um, tips from professionals, working professionals, and just great advice. And of course, you kind of start with um, a situation that you were having that created an aha moment. So why don't we take you back to that time and share with us who you met, uh, how you met this individual. I happen to to like him a lot, and um, it's sorry that he's no longer with us, but tell us that story.
0: Well, you know, it is a very interesting story because I had read Wayne Dyer's books uh, for years since I was a teenager, uh, and I really admire him. And, uh, you know, uh, as I grew up and, you know, went to college and so forth, I continued uh, listening to his message. So he was one of those mentors who you never meet. But then uh, when I was going through a, a really tough time in my life, I actually reached out to him. And, uh, you know, I said, this is the way you have changed my life, which is actually a tip right in there, like how you connect uh, with influencers. It's not about saying something generic, Uh, it's it's by being really precise about how that person has changed your life. Uh, So I just told him, this is, you know, how you have changed my life. And thanks to you, I'm actually writing a book. I was writing a book inspired by his teachings and, uh, you know, he was really touched, so he sent uh, actually a, a letter to me. I got it in the mail. Um, he was appearing at a live event that I was going. And I actually took the time to, e- to mail uh, him a letter and say that I would be there. And uh, he actually mailed me a letter back and say, I, you know, I would love to meet you. Here's who to reach out to at the conference so we can meet. Uh, and that's how we first met. And that relationship actually grew. It wasn't just like I just met him once and never heard from him again. And, you know, I, I try to keep the relationship going and to keep supporting him, supporting him as much as I could. Um, so it really helped me throughout the process of you know, creating the book, marketing the book, and then just growing my business because my life completely changed after this. I had a, an offline business, and when all of this happened, then I actually uh, moved to having an online business. So everything changed, really, thanks to that. And how surprising, because I think a lot of people think
1: well wait a minute, why would somebody, you know, who's world renowned like that, um take the time to respond? First of all, how how could he respond to everybody? You couldn't be the possibly be the only person writing him. Um what did you yeah. learn from that experience? Like why do you think or yours stood out or do you think he really took the time to respond to everyone?
0: Well, he he couldn't really Physically do it. Like he, he, There are not, not enough hours in the day for him to reply to everybody But the fact that I have been so specific and the fact that I did more to support him Like uh, everything I could to share his message I did and I made sure that he saw that and uh, Also, uh, I would follow you know, his appearances and presentations and there's actually one day He was given an interview on the radio Hay House radio and he said, "Oh, you know, I have this injury in my back, like the top of, of my back, like close to my neck. And I can't, I can't even write is awful is you know, agonizing a pain. It felt so bad for him. I said, like, Oh my God, you know, I've, I've had back pain before. I know how bad it is. Then I actually found this book I used for myself, which really helped. So I said, you know, I'm just going to send him a, a book too. Uh, so I went, I got a copy of the book, uh, mailed it to him. So things like that. See, so I kind of Uh, Built value over time and uh, he got to really know who I was and I think that's why that's why he he wanted to meet me and then later on when it was time to to really support me he, he would call and you know just to to keep me going you know and to give me that emotional support that I needed and it's because of that though because I showed continuous support uh not just once but over time. Well, and what I'm hearing is you
1: acted like a true friend. I I mean, you know, that's what you do for a friend, right? If their their back hurts, you'd go, oh, I thought of you. I picked up this book. Let me just drop it in the mail to you.
0: Right, exactly. That's what it is. I mean, the whole mindset of this is not like, oh, let's see how this influencer can help me. Uh, It's about, okay, I I want to build a long-term relationship, just like when you're making a friend. How can I help this person? You know, how can I find a way to relate them. Uh, and there are, I'm sure there is something if, if you uh, follow an influencer, if you want to connect with somebody, it's because you share um, your values, you share some sort of belief. Um, and you have to find exactly what, what it is that you have in common with them, what it is about their message that has helped you, and really express that clearly and support them uh, without really expecting anything in return. And you'll see. The the results from that.
1: That's right. Because, you know, if it's short-lived and you're just doing it for a one-time pop where, you know, you're going to gain whatever sales you think you're going to gain from this influencer, it's not going to work well. You have to build that lasting relationship. And what I like about um, Beyond Influencer Marketing is that it it divides the book. It's divided into basically three parts. So it starts with getting ready to connect with influencers. And then, let's see, part two, you go into the main six influencer categories for service providers. Uh, You get deeper into that with stories and part 3 is fine tuning your influencer marketing strategy. So there's really hands-on strategies laid out in this book. What I want you to talk about though is, you know, taking it back to the the very beginning and some folks depending on the industry. And we've got people listening to this podcast who, you know, have brick and mortar stores, we've got them in the, you know, freelance category, um, brand journalists, and people on the other side who are part of corporations and, you know, maybe trying to promote themselves or do a side hustle. So Mm -hmm. let's go back and and we've, we've spoken about how it can help. But let's really talk about why connecting with influencers before we get into the how to's, and we are going to break it down into the steps of that. But you know, is this really for every business, uh, whether you're brick and mortar, e-commerce, freelancer, who, who's it really for?
0: Yeah, it is really for everyone. Um, the difference is that depending on your industry, then, uh, of course, the, the benefits of it will be, will be slightly different. But overall, um, I mean, think about a referral, right? You're, you're in business. Um, you do something for somebody. You have some something of value to offer. And if somebody else comes and says, Hey, you know, I know Phoebe, she's fantastic. You know, she has this podcast and so forth. Uh, then people are much more likely to be open to meeting you, right? So that's just the power of a referral. We all know about it. If we want to find a good doctor, what do we do? We ask people, do you know, a good doctor, you know, things like that. So the same principle applies to influencers. In this case, these influencers are introducing us just like a referral but it's like a mass referral they're introducing us to the entire audience and what happens then is that you gain instant authority right uh, there have been studies about this and you know they actually did a, a control study in which a group of students was exposed to a class with a new professor uh, first they Told people, they told the students that the professor was, you know, a really nice person and open, and explained everything really well. The other group was told that the professor was a, a pretty closed-minded person who wasn't really a great, um, great at explaining his topic. And in both situations, when they surveyed the students after the class, they both reflected. Exactly what had been told to them right before the class. So basically, whatever preframe they had in their mind was expressed throughout the whole relationship. Mm-hmm. So if somebody introduces you as somebody with authority, as a person who has something of value to offer, that audience will be ready to listen to you in a positive way. And that's the power of influencer marketing. So you could. Use or leverage those introductions to grow your list of subscribers, uh, to sell your products and programs, uh, to position yourself as an authority in your field, and even let's say that you are in the corporate world. Then, as you start uh, connecting with people who have achieved what you want to achieve, that feeling that that would you your dearest goals are possible for you will will be there for you. You will see, wow, this is what I can achieve. Yes, I can do it. So that empowerment is just irreplaceable. And it happens across the board. So how do you pick
1: influencers? Obviously, you know, if you have someone like you admired, you know, with Wayne Dyer, um, but how, how should businesses go about selecting influencers? How do they know that it's going to be a successful partnership?
0: the most important piece to consider is the audience, right? Is this a perfect match for the audience I intend to reach? And it sounds like really straightforward. Oh, of course, yeah, that's, that's what I, I look for. But sometimes, you know, there are nuances that make a big difference. Uh, for example, if your style or the style of your company no, it's not a, a perfect match to the influencer's style, then that, com- that uh, audience will not be really receptive to you. There will be something off that they don't know what it is. Like, oh, there's something about this person that we don't really relate to. So it has to be the same style and values um, so you can really resonate with the audience. And uh, of course, whatever you offer has to be of value for that audience. Uh, So I think really looking deeply into the influencer's values and style really pays off doing your research and not just trying to reach a mass number of influencers. Oh, I'm gonna just do a generic email to a thousand people, but really picking some people who you can really uh, relate to, who you feel have the same values, who reach your audience. And then uh, just really uh, nurture that relationship and grow it as much as you can. And how much should you
1: consider, you know, what some might call vanity metrics, you know, the the numbers, the stats of your fi- your Facebook, your LinkedIn, your Twitter? How important is that?
0: I think more important than the number of people they reach is the engagement of that community. I've had partnerships with coaches and trainers who had a, a small group of private group coaching clients it was a a group of 12 people and uh, i got new clients out of presentations to that small group i mean think about it it's a really small group really small audience and i got fantastic results because it's a super engaged audience of paying clients so when people say you know influencers oh they have to be these celebrities not necessarily it could be just people who have a small audience but a very much engaged audience Somebody has a million followers on Instagram, but... Those followers don't even see their posts, then what's the point? You know, you got, you got to have an engaged community. Right,
1: right, exactly. Or they, they see them, but they just overlook them. Yeah, and the book goes into um, a little bit more of this, where it talks about parameters for social media following um, on or about page 86, 87, somewhere around there. Um, you know, so it's got some some interesting ideas about that, about content platforms and social media engagement. And that is the name of the game, just like how Facebook, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, changing as of the, the taping, of this podcast, changing the rules with Facebook and saying, look, if your audience isn't engaged with you, we're not going to promote your (laughs) posts. You know, they're not going to be seen as much. He wants the engagement. He wants people talking. So, you know, I find that sometimes whether I'm working on something for my clients or I'm working on just something that I have strong feelings about, if I put that out, um, you know, I I can get a good response um, just because it's a topic that I'm Thinking about and you know sometimes some of the the people on my public page have literally said thanks for starting this conversation and it's interesting you know it's like they want someone to kind of come into the room if it were in a non-virtual environment it'd be like sitting down and having a meetup and just saying okay the topic is this. You know, they're waiting for someone to guide them a little bit and get the conversation started um, by posting either an article or a podcast or something, you know, a photo, a GIF, something like that, that's going to create conversation. So they're waiting to talk, but you've got to you've got to find a way to connect with them.
0: Exactly. I I think that's why. So many entrepreneurs now are using Facebook groups to connect with potential clients, uh, just because you know it's a very informal way to uh, start conversations and to get to know people um, at a more personal level. Um, I had a, a recent guest on my show. His name is uh, Dov Baron, and he's a world-renowned speaker. And of course, he gets a lot of people, a lot of emails every day, so he doesn't really manage his inbox but he he told his uh, assistant you know if somebody has something specific that that they have experienced as a result of my message then i want to get i want to get that email i want to reach out to them start a conversation and uh, that's what he's doing and uh, that's how he's able to to build these connections so he told me chorus to build influencer connections you really have to be able to be um to to reach kind of like a more intimate level of of connection you have to be vulnerable and share who you are um it's not about just you know business and you know promote my stuff or here's what i have to offer it's about really connecting with people at a personal level and i think that's why facebook groups are so great um, because as your Uh, venue for you to share who you are, you know, to do a little bit more of the personal stuff, like who you are. And that's, that's your brand. That's what makes you unique.
1: Yeah, I agree with that so much. You know, um, I'm in San Diego, and I was a former newscaster here, I think you know that I was actually a little bit afraid to do that for the longest time. um, Because you know, there was an image that I had from TV and San Diego's not exactly a small market. So um, and I was in it for 15 year plus years. So it it was really hard. But I also did a fitness segment and other things that people saw me outside of the quote unquote, you know, talking head or anchor that sits at the <laughs> news desk. And that helped really to when I started doing those fitness segments on TV, it people started to see a different side of me. And then as social media came into play, because of course I was in newscasting long before Facebook and YouTube, um, it really opened the doors for me to be like, okay, hey, this is all right. You know, I can can reveal this side, but there were so many, you know, constraints around TV and your contracts and what you can do and what you can't do that it it literally had you in a box. So I love where we are today and that's why I promote everybody can be the media. Any company can be and, and any person can can, because you can just start broadcasting at the same time, you want to be aware. And and I guess that's where I kind of bring the journalistic side into it, um, to, to balance it so that it's not all going down that path of, (laughs) you know, let me share all of my personal details. But let's keep a, you know, let's keep a balance. And let's get to the point um, and let people learn from from shows and things like that. But see your your human side, too. Because after all, we love to buy from people we know, like and trust, right?
0: It is an emotional decision, Phoebe, and you bring up a, a, such an important point about having that balance. You know, you you also want to think about, you know, how can I leverage this connection to grow my business, and that's that's why I recommend that when you reach out to an influencer, when you start to connect with them, then you think about a short term and a long term objective for the business relationship. Um, so, for example, a short term objective might be. You know, like this person, I'm going to have them as a guest on my show, my podcast, or I'm going to publish an article on their blog that could be like the first step. And then in the future, you know, just think about it. What would you like to do with that person? Would you like to collaborate and create a a joint product? Would you like to be joint venture partners? Uh, What is it that you want to do, affiliate partners? So always have a short-term and a long-term objective in mind.
1: Let's talk about some common roadblocks. What, um, you know, we've we've dipped into it a little bit, but what else goes wrong um, for entrepreneurs when they're trying to connect with influential people?
0: Well, I think one of the biggest roadblocks is believing that you're not ready yet. Oh, yeah, I have to have this business of this size or have this many accomplishments, have a book, published, something. Um, and that's really not true because if you have the mindset that, you are creating value for the influencer. You are helping them. It's not like you're reaching out to them uh, for them to help you, but you actually have a way to help them. Then you'll come up with ideas of value that you have to offer. Something as simple as just sharing the work of the influencer on social media and uh, just reaching out to them. Like I, I mentioned this name, Dolph ba- Baron, when he gets an email from somebody who loves what he does and says specifically how... He has changed their life. That makes a difference in his day. And, it, and it's funny because you think when you when you think about large influencers, influencers with a with a really large audience, you probably assume that they're getting a million emails every day saying how fantastic they are and you know and so forth, like some fan mail. Uh, but the truth is is that it doesn't happen all the time. And many people do really hard work and you know they have thriving businesses, but they never hear from people. Who, um, who appreciate their services and their products. So if you reach out to them, you're delivering value. Uh, just p- expressing your ideas. I always talk about uh, James Altucher, who uh, he says that ideas are, are like currency. So when he feels like he could help somebody then he, he goes ahead and sends ideas. You know, uh-huh. this is how I feel you could grow your business and, and that's value. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a matter of you figuring out this is exactly the value I have. And yes, I am helping the influencer. It's not like they're helping me. Like I'm really doing something valuable for this person.
1: That is so true. And I can tell you from my TV days, you hear far more complaints about the way, for instance, the way I handled a story, even the way I wore my makeup or my hair. I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> then you hear, You know, the positive. So when you can touch someone, um, reach out and touch someone with this, you know, nice thing to say about what they're doing and how they're helping you. That's a really cool way to, you know, pay it back um, for what you're receiving from that particular individual mentor or influencer. Cloris, how do you um, go about tapping into your own network of connections to grow your business? So, you know, maybe it's the people on LinkedIn, maybe it's the people on your Facebook. How, how do you reach out to them and actually create partnerships?
0: Well, I would say it's a matter of being focused, Phoebe, because, you know, we all have hundreds, if not thousands of connections, right? So it's impossible really to to um, reach out to all of them or connect with all of them at a deeper level. So what I would do is to really focus on, on a few people who you feel would be great partners for you just because you share the same values, styles, um, audience. You know, there's there's a commonality there. You have something um, that, that really you can, you can work on together. Um, and then reach out to them with a the desire to help, but not just say, because I get a lot of emails from people saying, how can I support you, right? So that's like the shortcut, the easy way you copy and paste, how can I support you? It really, uh, And then the other person doesn't know what to say. It's like, oh, nothing, thank you. So really do your research. uh, See exactly what they have going on. uh, See the posts that they might have on social media. If they have a list of subscribers, subscribe and just see what they say, what they share about what they're working on. And then don't ask, just support them. You know, if, if they have a book coming out, then go ahead and post a review without them having to ask you and then tell them, you know, I just posted a review of your book. Uh, So you start creating those connections. And then once you feel that, yes, this person actually knows you and knows who you are, and then you can bring up the conversation of, hey, let's, let's get together and, and brainstorm ways we can uh, help each other grow our businesses. Uh, and then, of course, that person is already open to you. Uh, they, they feel like you are on their side. So they, they will be much more likely to want to do business with you. Yeah,
1: And I want to close out um, as we start to wrap up with the section on, um, you know, talking about podcasters and bloggers, uh, but in particular, how to get on a podcast, because I get a lot of those emails, I'm sure you do. And mm. I got to tell you, there's some people who are, not not many, but some that are really creative, you know, they create videos, they create whiteboards, and, and otherwise, <laughs> it, it comes in um, to my email, and I might miss it. And, you know, mm. I love it when they do that. One, I'm thinking of one person uh, um, who's going to be on the show coming up, and, and the way he did it was just so creative, by creating this video And then, then, you know, it was was like a little caricature. And then he said, I I forget (laughs) the the caricature's name, but uh, Johnny's upset. You haven't responded. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, you know, it it sounds corny, but, but it was, it actually got kind of got my attention. I thought, wow, Mm -hmm. you know, this person really wants to be on the show. They rated the show, you know, they, um, they went over, gave it five stars. And, you know, so it caught my attention and it's not necessarily that I go, oh, this person has to be on the show because they did this. But when Mm -hmm. I when I looked at it, because it caught my attention, I went, wow, this guest should be on the show, because this guest can help my audience can help me. So, um, so it was a good fit. Um, But it wasn't just some generic, you know, like I used to say in TV, a generic press release that is so boring, it's going to end up in the circular file on the floor.
0: (laughs) It's true. It's all about being very specific, like the case study you just shared is perfect. You know, that person took the time to create something special to get your attention, a video. And uh, then they, they, they just research the show, they posted a review, so they showed that they actually care about the show. I get some people who uh, don't even know what my show is about, they propose all these speaking uh, top uh, topics uh, they would like to cover that are completely different um, from what I do. And uh, sometimes they don't even say my name, they say, hi, comma, I would <laughs> love to be on your show. <laughs>
1: Fill in the blank. Yeah, uh, that's hilarious. That, yeah, that's so bad. That's like going to a job interview and not, you know, not preparing for the job. So, wow, of course, uh, th- so much in here. Um, it's, it's a fabulous book, Brand Journalism Community. Um, I really encourage you to pick it up. It's, you know, easy read, about 250 some pages. Um, and she gives out bonus material. Um, where can we find that?
0: Oh, thanks, Phoebe. Yeah, that's at beyondinfluencermarketing.com.
1: All right. Good, good stuff. Cloris, thanks for being on the show once again. And again, brand journalism community, if you want to hear our normal show, um, where we break it down to, you know, her career highlight and her low light, you know, all the, all those times that people find so painful, but but we get it out of them to talk about because we learn from it and they've learned something from it. You can do that by clicking on um, Cloris's show notes and it'll be at thinklikeajournalist.com. Her first episode and appearance on the Brand Journalism Advantage podcast was episode 324. So you can find it um, right there. Cloris, thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, I have to ask you though, because this is kind of a new question we've started asking. Where do you like to wine, dine and play?
0: I love Newport, Rhode Island. It's only a two hour drive from where I live. So I just I just love going there and being by the ocean. So you got to check it out. Mm, I love it. And I, I love the store that
1: you mentioned. Feel free because it, I think that's <laughs> so cool. You, we, we're not talking about having to hang out at bars because this is what I do. Where do you go when you're there?
0: Oh, for dining? Yes. It's Whole Foods for sure. Yeah. That's where <laughs> I went on my birthday. So,
1: <laughs> Love it. Love it. That's what I did when I was in New York. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just so great to, to pop into a place like that. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Cloris. I appreciate you. And uh, good luck with the book. Thank you for including me in it. And I wish you the best of luck with it all.
0: Thanks so much, Phoebe.
1: Hey, Brand Journalism community, you know that you can find all the valuable information in the show notes. All you have to do is head on over to thinklikeajournalist.com and in the search box, type in 426. And this interview and the resources mentioned in this episode will pop right up. Subscribe to the Brand Journalism Advantage podcast and be the media. Now, go think like a journalist. Hey, everyone, it's Phoebe Chong Chua. If you enjoy this free podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating and review. Your support is very important to us. It helps the Brand Journalism Advantage podcast continue to bring more valuable resources to help you gain a competitive advantage. And don't forget to join our email list for weekly updates and new media marketing tips. Just visit thinklikeajournalist.com. Join the list and browse our show recaps, articles, videos and webinars. Now go think like a journalist.